Welcome to episode 96 of the Study On podcast, Faith and Fertility, with me, Angie Bauman, and my guest today, Allison Daniels. Allison is a business owner, a Bible teacher, and worship leader, and she is also, like many of us, the carrier of a hard story. Raised first in a home with a violent alcoholic, then moved to the home of a stepfather who sexually abused her, Allison learned the reality of evil at a very early age. And when the little girl Allison began growing into a woman, she faced a diagnosis of endometriosis, which so far has meant Allison is unable to have a baby. During our conversation, Allison talked about how she clings to the promise in Psalm 119.68 and how important the simple truth in this verse is to her. In the NIV, the Psalm says, talking about God, you are good and what you do is good. I've been in a few seasons of my life when it wasn't easy to feel God's goodness. I'm confident that you've been there too. But I think as you hear Allison share, you'll feel God's invitation to remember his goodness, how his love and faithfulness are evident in whatever place you find yourself. Our circumstances are not always good, but God is always good. And what he is doing is always good. On that, we can stand firm. Let's listen in. Welcome to this Steady On podcast episode. I'm Angie Bauman, and with me today is Allison Daniels. Allison, thank you so much, and welcome to the Steady On community. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Allison is a business owner. She's a Bible teacher. She's a worship leader, and she owns a company called Admin Culture. Is that right? A creative agency supporting faith-based online entrepreneurs. Will you take just a second and tell us what, what's that business about? So basically it's a virtual assistant type business where um, I work specifically where with Christian entrepreneurs, Christian ministries, kind of helping them manage the online um, aspect of their, their work. Oh my goodness. As a one woman show, like already I'm like, oh gosh, how <laughs> desperately that is needed because exactly. sometimes the admin skills can really be, uh, or tasks, I guess I should say can yeah. really be overwhelming. So what a gift you are, I know to other people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I love and it. you've also founded something called uh, thunder in the city, right? Will you tell us a little bit about what that is? So Thunder in the City has been um, just kind of a a worship event that I started hosting uh, really with the heart to bring together churches um, and really kind of unite the church racially uh, through worship and bringing together Black churches, white churches, and just creating an experience uh, where we release the sound of heaven, um, mm. is the tagline that I've used. So I did it a couple of years, then COVID hit and, you know, some kind of figuring out what the next steps are there, but I love thunder in the city and I can't wait to see it come back. I love that so much because I do believe that music is something that can overcome obstacles or boundaries yeah. or something, some things we, when we can find a common ground uh, mm-hmm. We can st- take steps forward, maybe sometimes in places that we can, our hearts are united in some yeah. way. And I think music is such a beautiful expression of that. But what great work that is exciting to me. Yeah. Funny story. One day I was in a waffle house, completely random, was in a waffle house up in Tampa and had just been to a conference and all of a sudden proud to be an American came on and 
jam-packed Waffle House. Everybody started singing it. And Black, White, Latino, I mean, the whole Waffle House restaurant busted out singing it. So yes, yes. That gives me chills. Just that story gives me chills. because I was like, wow. And I was like, well, I got to sing. Yeah, (laughs) There's something to this, whether you like the song or not, right? I want to be a part of this. And I want to express this thing that's happening inside me. I love that. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit today about your journey with infertility and, and some of how that's been challenging for you and some of the ways that it has strengthened your faith. And I know this is a very vulnerable conversation. So I just thank you in advance for allowing us to relate to you by sharing pieces of your story that I think will resonate with so, so many of the listeners today. But Mm -hmm. to talk about having a strong faith through a difficult season or journey, something like infertility, I think maybe we start with what threatens our faith. And so, because if nothing threatens our faith, why do we need it to be strong? Right. Because things are always going to come in. Right. And, um, Mm -hmm. and try to shake us. And so would you, would you share with us just some of your journey and where are some places that you have found it challenging to walk in faith? Mm -hmm. Gosh, well, my journey starts really back in childhood. Um, You know, you talked about being a trauma survivor um, and lots of trauma in childhood. Uh, My parents were divorced or are divorced, I should say. Um, My father was an alcoholic. He was physically abusive to my mother. And so they got divorced very early on, um, probably by the time I was about three or four. And it was a very um, significant experience because he actually set our home on fire while we were in it. Yeah. Oh and so, so I can remember that experience of, you know, being, my, I have an older brother who's about a year older of, you know, the neighbors, you know, coming and getting us and, you know, seeing the things that were happening, was my mom going to be okay? And so fast forward, we get a little bit older, um, they've divorced, my mom's been single for a number of years, and she gets remarried. And probably within maybe about a year, if not even less than a year um, of her getting remarried, um, my stepfather began molesting me. And so now they're married about three or four years. And I'm walking through that silently, you know, never told my mom. I didn't tell my mother until I was actually in college. Um, So didn't know any of that. Um, No one knew, I should say, that any of that was going on. And add another layer to it. And now here I am, an eight turning nine-year-old girl and puberty starts very early. And by the time I'm in high school, I'm just having severe, severe pain. And, you know, every month with this, and this just doesn't feel like what it should normally be. Yeah. I don't know what normal is, but it, this seems it wasn't that big, right. It wasn't mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, my doctor, even he's like, Oh, you know, okay, we'll, we'll look. He's like, I see a few cysts and, um, he's like, but I don't think there's anything really seriously wrong. Well, come to find out I had endometriosis and I will never forget going to his office after that surgery, 15 years old. And he apologized to me because he said, I knew that you had cysts and I figured maybe they're causing her some pain. He said, but I didn't take you seriously. And so that kind of began my journey of 
dealing with endometriosis, cycles of pain, um, multiple surgeries. And so over the years, it has been, as of last May, as I had shared, um, was my sixth procedure. And so it has been a journey of, to answer your question, where is God in all of this, right? Because so as an eight, nine-year-old girl, having gone through all that, being molested, puberty sets in, somewhere in there, the seeds of faith got planted. And so at about 12 years old, I accepted the Lord and that was it. I was locked into Jesus. I, I, I was sold out. I had made my decision and there was no turning back, but there was this thing there still that was it my thorn in the flesh for all these years. And so that has been kind of the the war of the mind is what does it look like to serve God faithfully and to follow him and to honor him? But then there's this thing where he hasn't healed me. You know, how do I balance what the doctor is saying and the promise of God? Um, I didn't also, I, I didn't get married till I was um, 39. I got married at 36. So I got married later. They call it. <laughs> That's not late to me, but, you know, but I, I didn't get married at 22. So all those years I've been waiting, waiting, waiting to see what the Lord is going to do. And so it has been a process of learning the goodness of God and learning to wait, learning to trust him in the wait, sometimes failing very big (laughs) in the waiting, but always picking back up and learning more about the character of God and learning more about his heart. And really, I would say even in more recent years, learning who God is as a father, Mm -hmm. you know, having to relearn that pattern of who he is as a father, because it's been twisted naturally. It's, it's been very broken and very distorted. And though, while I loved God and accepted him at an early age, those experiences distorted my view of him where I kind of adopted the belief. I would say that, well, I had to go through this or, you know, this is, this is just what I, this is just what I get, you know, in terms of endometriosis, because that was the same thing about fatherhood. Well, this is just the card that got dealt to me. And that's not really what, yes, it is the card that, that, that got dealt to me, but it's still not the perfect will of God. It's still not the best reflection of his character and his nature. So it's been kind of relearning, you know, some of those things and learning how to keep my mind disciplined and not allowing my mind to go to some of the really dark places that it could um, and learning to stay focused and who God is and what he said in his word. Thank you for sharing that, first of all. And I I love, I I just love your directness around it. And I want to ask you, I want to camp right there for just a second, because how do we do that? I, I think, you know, I love what you say. Like it's a, it's a, it's a mind shift, right? It's a war of the mind. You said, Um, and so then what are some ways that Allison has found, given that this is your story, given that this is your struggle, given these are your doubts, how do you shift your mind? What is that like when the doubts, you said there are places that you have failed big, right? And so you have this experience of when you believe in God's promises 
And when you believe or cling to something else, I think I'll say it that way. Right. And so what shifts that for you? Well, I think there's a few things. Um, so for me, one has been learning to shift my own language. Um, so I actually don't even use the term infertility. Um, I'll say my fertility journey or my fertility process or story. Um, I don't even like I've, I've learned to become very cautious about what even words that I'm putting out there. Um, you know, one day when I have children, you know, or one day when I'm a mom, you know, I will still use those phrases. Um, and so I've, and really that wasn't even, um, a scriptural thing, you know, it wasn't like some big, you know, oh, I opened the Bible revelation. Actually, I was just sitting at the doctor's office one day and I noticed, I looked up and saw the sign that said fertility medicine. And I said, isn't that interesting that they don't use the term infertility. Um, a lot of times, um, you know, maybe years ago they did, but a lot of places are really trying to focus on that hope, you know, and how you speak about it and really encouraging your mind on being intentional to think with, with hope. Um, so that's one part I would say is what are you saying? What are you speaking about your situation? What are you declaring about it? But then uh, the other big piece for me has been staying, learning to stay in the word. Um, in those seasons where I really kind of, ooh, back and forth, uh, God said, but, uh, you know, being wheeled into surgery right now, you know, and I'm angry at God. Like those were seasons when I look back where I wasn't really always consistent in the word. Um, and when you're dealing with something this strong and this significant, you know, you can't, this can't be a once a week. Oh, I kind of open. No, this might have to be a morning, noon, night. I'm listening to something on YouTube. I've got something on audible. You know, you have to day and night. David said, does he meditate in, in the law of the Lord? And so this has to be a constant digestion and a constant regurgitation because the enemy seeks whom he wants to devour. Yes. And he is going to take any single opportunity he can to plant a seed, to plant a thought that it will never happen. Um, I went through that season where, you know, it was weddings every summer, every summer, every summer and spring. Wedding, 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 wedding. Um, last year, I'll be honest, not this Christmas, but last Christmas was a hard one. Um, and I didn't even expect that. But Christmas Day opened up my newsfeed. And honest to God, it was like, what water have y'all been drinking in COVID? <laughs> Everyone is pregnant. Everybody was pregnant. <laughs> and I messaged my so cousin. Hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah, hard. so hard. And yeah. I, I messaged my cousin and I said, I got to be honest, today's a little bit hard. And she automatically knew. And, you know, and so I had to take a moment um, before going over to my in-laws with our nieces who are cute and cuddly and, and all that. And just, okay, be it unto me according to your word. Mm. The song of Mary, yeah. you know, and pause and get my emotions together. Um, that is something that has been huge is learning to guard and to watch my emotions, you know, not allowing myself to go down that train of thought. Well, oh, it's Christmas day. 
and everybody's having a baby and we don't have a baby. And you know what? Maybe I shouldn't just go to my in-laws and, and I'll just stay home and stay in bed because it's Christmas and, you know, COVID's. And I just, you know, don't detach from the world and from relationships and from connections and from people is the other thing. Um, but constantly digesting that word. And even if it feels like it's the same word over and over and over again, keep doing it. Yeah. I say often that my short-term memory with God's promises is so bad. Like that's, and I appreciate you saying that, you know, that I, I do, I, I, um, I need it like I need air some days, depending on, you know, kind of how the day is going, what showed up in my newsfeed, whatever, you know, those kind of things that can trigger us. And how do we recognize that? And as you said, you know, for me, instead of, especially when I was a younger mother, like I would take that out on my family. I would some, I would overreact to something. I would, like you're saying, like withdraw from people or something. And to be able to recognize that and say, no, what Mm -hmm. I need is a quick reminder of what is true instead of this, that I'm believing that I'm not deserving or no one has it as bad as me or some of the things that we can do. God doesn't really love me like he loves them, or I would have what they have, you know, um, that thing that we do sometimes. And so I appreciate your honesty around that. I think that's really, really helpful. One of the things that you have said, I know that that helps you a lot is to be able to see God accurately based on his word. So I'm wondering if you would, what are some of the things that you go to about sort of like the accurateness of God, if you will, like some things that are comforting to you, who is God to you when you practice that pause in order to shift that mindset? He's good. Mm. Psalm 119, You are good and do good. You are good and do good. Do good. Yeah. And, and then it says, I think it says, teach me, teach me your ways or teach me your statutes. Yeah. And that verse was the one that when I hit the low, <laughs> you know, when I hit like, okay, like the lowest of the low, um, found that verse, someone encouraged me to read Psalm 119. And that verse has been my anchor for the last decade. Wow. Yeah. And, good and do good. And, and what do you see? How, how is that true for you? Like when, because I, I have those verses too. And I, when I think about that for you, you are good and you do good and you go to what is evidence for that in your life. I go to the fact that I've had six surgeries, no complications. You know, Mm -hmm. I go to the fact that I'm married. I forgot to put my wedding ring on, but (laughs) we believe you. (laughs) It's legit. (laughs) Um, I go to the fact that I am married, you know, someone who I, I, as a teenager, I never had any interest in being Mm -hmm. married. Mm -hmm. Um, I go to moments like this, you know, that's what we were talking about before starting about last year had surgery, went through COVID a couple months later. And I I swore I was never having, I was not having another surgery again. So when I'm in pain and, you know, things are starting up and I'm like, God, what's going on? And it's clearly inevitable at this point. And I, I remember sitting on the bathroom floor sobbing and said, God, you have to get the glory out of this. And so it is um, 
for me, I, and, and now here we are in this moment where I get to share some of that and to encourage someone. So for me, that is where I see the goodness of God, yeah. you know, in his provision. Um, you know, in COVID, we haven't missed a beat in our home. We, my husband, you know, it's better for us because now he works from home, so he doesn't have a long commute. Um, I've been able to pull on new clients, you know, things like that. Even if we haven't gotten everything that we've wanted, he's still good. But even if you take all of that away, and I think, I feel like that's sometimes what we forget, take all the stuff away, his nature, and he just is good. And that's what I've kind of walked along this journey. And it's helped me to see that baby or no baby, he's good. You know, endometriosis or not fibroids, all he's still good. And so it has taught me how to worship him, not based on circumstance, but because of who he is. That's so important. That's such a core faith response that I believe in your goodness. And that is not shakable in, in me. I may not understand this. I may not like this. I may want this, whatever this is for us to be different or to go differently. But -hmm. the fact that you are good and you are good to me and you are for me always, even when it doesn't seem that way, right. Mm -hmm. That I will, I, I believe nothing else. And so, yes. And that's the thing that I think for any of us, whatever our, this is, it keeps us taking steps forward towards him. Yeah. There's a verse in Psalms that says righteousness and justice are the foundations of your throne. Mm -hmm. And that verse was like mind blowing for me when I saw that righteousness and justice are the foundations. I I don't know the exact reference, but are the foundations of your thrones in Psalms. And I, when I read that, I said, so wait a minute. Everything that you do is right. And everything that you do is just. Everything that you do, Lord, has a purpose. That's hard for a trauma survivor to hear. It is. It is. It is a very sobering um, truth to hear, but it is still his word and it is still true. Yeah. And there's an intentionality. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. There's an intentionality in my life, in our lives Mm -hmm. that I think is so important to that, that God has intentionality. And as you said, purpose and can bring about his glory and his goodness. The more we know him, the more we can share the glory and the goodness that he, that is inside us because he intentionally put it there and intentionally draws us to him through whatever we're going through. If I, if you still remember it, I cut off your thought. I want you to complete it. If, no, you, if it's still there. It yeah. Going to be that, you know, cause we want to focus on the, well, why did that happen? Yes. And- how come? And, but if it, if this hadn't had happened, then, you know, maybe this wouldn't have. Sometimes I I think we ask too many questions Mm. and we just need to remind ourselves that the ways of the Lord are perfect. It's not that he does things, but he allows some things in our life to accomplish his purpose. And so it is a different question to say, well, why didn't and how come? And if this had never versus God, how are you going to use this? Yeah. Show me where you are are in this. 
show me where you are in this and how are you going to use this to make your name famous in the earth, to become real to someone else and to present our stories and to present our history and lay them at the feet of Jesus and say, this is what happened. We don't run from it, right? We don't have to hide from our history. That's why you said I'm direct. It is what it is. I can't change any of that. But I lay it at the feet of Jesus and I present it and I say, here it is. And here I am. Use it. That's beautiful. People will see the nature and the character of God and who he is. And that's when he gets the glory. And so I posted just yesterday on my page and I said, it is just now that I can kind of look back at my life and begin to say it was all worth it. Mm. doesn't mean it was good doesn't mean it didn't hurt does not mean that there were not nights that I did not sob myself to sleep doesn't mean that there aren't still moments that I'm like oh god I'm turning 40 this year doesn't yeah (laughs) that that doesn't happen yeah but it means that god I rejoice in this moment, especially, because this is really probably one of the first public times I've even really shared a lot about my fertility story. And so God, you're using it. Yeah. Yeah. We are grateful. We are grateful. All of that. It was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Because we see him in you and we see him in your story. And when we can see him in your story, we have the opportunity to believe at a greater level that he is also in our story. And so we appreciate you and the gift of your story. Let me ask this question. You, you work with some other ladies, I think in a fertility journey or some other couples, you've, you've done some of that, right? What are some of the lies that you think that, that are maybe common with other people that you've experienced or that you've noticed other people experience as they've traveled this fertility journey, this kind of journey? I think the biggest lie is that I have seen is that I'm only valid when I become a mom. Wow. That's big. You know, that everything is predicated on this moment of becoming pregnant and having a baby. And, and what I find is that, and so, so many times women are sitting on their gifts and are sitting on their talents because their whole life is being built around. But when I become a mom, but when I become a mom, when I have a baby, whereas, okay, maybe that's not the time right now for whatever reason, you still have an assignment. You still have a purpose that is to be cultivated and to be developed and a work that the Lord has put your hands is, you know, calling you to put your hands to. And so I think that that is something that women who are walking along this journey have to remember, don't just get stuck in the dream and the promise of wanting a baby, not saying you should let go of it, not saying you should negate it, anything of that nature, but don't also miss the opportunity to serve and to be used of the Lord in another capacity in this moment. Yes. You know, yeah. Um, he is I, I in the waiting. He is in the waiting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You've you've mentioned several scriptures that have been really important to you, and I want I just want to give you an opportunity. Are there any others, characters, mm-hmm. scriptures, passages, anything like that that are things that you 
that have been sources of strength for you or encouragement for you as you've walked this? Hmm. Well, definitely the woman with the issue of blood. Yeah. You know, cause I went through, um, there was a, a period at one point, some years, a, a time period, mm-hmm. um, some years ago where I was dealing with, you know, severe bleeding and it was just extensive. It just wasn't stopping from fibroids and things. And so that one has been a, that one was a huge source of encouragement. And I, when I shared with a friend, what was going on physically, she said to me, oh my God, she said, no wonder you love that story. I said, oh yeah. She came to him after all, you know, looking for answers everywhere else. And her faith made her whole. Yeah. That if I could just reach his presence, if I could just get in his presence and just be right there, I will be made whole. And I love Jesus's response. Who touched me? Yeah. Asking her, right. When he knew. When he knew. Mm -hmm. When he knew, but but it's such, I feel like I want to actually just do like a Bible study teaching. You go ahead. I have it, but I I just, because I just want to sit with that. It's just that intimate exchange of her just drawing, you know, closer and closer. And then who touched me? You know, who, 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 who drew from my presence, who pulled from my love, who pulled from my peace, who just pulled healing from me? Cause that just, you know, it's such a beautiful exchange. Mm-hmm. Um, so that one, uh, Hebrews, I think it's 10, 23. He who promised is faithful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that goes with the first thing that you said about God being good. I think it, which is so important to hang on to and, and faithful is such an important thing to hang on yeah. to because God doesn't change. He doesn't break his promises. He doesn't forget his promises. They may not be the way that we expected them. We may be seeking them and we're not finding them because they're not showing up the way we hoped or envisioned, but he is faithful and he is doing the things that he says that he is doing always. And that's such a source of strength for me as well. Yeah. Even if we can't see it, right? Right. Even when I don't see it, your work. Yes. I love that. Never stop. You never stop working. That's yeah. on this scripture, yeah. but it's a yeah. song. But Love it. Scripture of Romans eight, right? God is working all things for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Yeah. And it, I, I just feel like, and especially in this, my uh, pastor was talking about this on Sunday, especially in this moment, like with COVID raging and it's like, okay, God, what is going on in the world <laughs> right now? God is still working. God is still good. He is still on the throne. And we are one small piece of time, of of, of a spectrum of time, you know, and God is thinking eternally. And sometimes we have to remember, that's what I would encourage women along this journey to remember is, as well, you have to think about your story eternally. You know, you don't know what encouragement, you know, in the waiting years that you 
as you developed and as you learned and as you grew, that you offered to someone else that planted a seed of hope and faith in them that they got to then carry to someone else that's now being poured out and now they get to minister, minister salvation. And so that small seed of faith in you has replicated and replicated and replicated. And so we have to think about our story with eternity in mind. Yes. Beautiful. Those are beautiful words. So before I let you go, I always ask this question of my guests because I love to share resources. Tell me, let us peek into the life of Allison just a bit. Is there anything right now that you are studying, reading, watching, listening to anything at all that is just keeping you connected with God, bringing you joy, anything at all? Yeah. Well, reading wise, I, I've been doing a slow read through the gospel of Matthew. So I had started it, um, sometime before Thanksgiving and just really taking my time with that. And, uh, I'll go on to Luke next because I really just wanted to spend some time over a year looking at what did Jesus actually say? Yeah. So many people talk for him. We think we know. And he spoke very well for himself, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And so I was just like, yeah, I should do this. And so that has been incredibly refreshing to look and see how much Jesus talked about things that we don't even often think about. Jesus talked a lot about healing. You know, we, we, that's a big one that we always, you know, get, but he talked a lot about joy sometimes too. And so that has been um, kind of my word for the year that I'm opening up and taking into 2020 is what does it now look like to live in a season of joy? I love that. And to just really thrive, you know, because joy isn't predicated on conditions. You know, it is a state of the heart. It is a state of the mind. And one of the things Jesus said, you know, he said, I've given you these words that your joy might remain and that your joy might remain full. And so when I look back over those years of walking through, you know, the highs and the lows, the ups and the downs, my joy wasn't full. My joy wasn't, it wasn't steady, you know, some days, uh, some days, uh, uh, you know, up and down. And I'm like, Lord, I don't want to be up and down anymore. I just want to live in the joy that you have for me. So that's been one, but a very practical resource um, that I'm really, that I'm reading right now is uh, it's called God. God is still writing your story by Bob Sorge. Excellent. Excellent book. If you're kind of in a place of questioning, like, God, how are you going to use this? What's redemptive about this? Highly recommend. And he kind of talks about how, God is a very elaborate uh, script writer, he says. You know, God doesn't write, you know, little, the dog ran to the park. No, the dog ran to the park. He jumped over a mountain. He tossed a ball. He flipped. You know, he met some clowns along the way. You know, God is a very elaborate script writer and and playwright and master storyteller. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes the things that can feel really big and dramatic and traumatic, even to us, are simply God being the author that you haven't seen the end yet. And so that's a really good one that I'm really, really enjoying right now. I just felt like a Holy Spirit conviction as you were saying that, because I just felt a Holy Spirit invitation. I'll say it that way. Like 
of your idea of master storyteller, ask myself the question, you know, is, do I believe that God is a master storyteller in my life? You know, do I believe that this is again, as we go back to intentionality, that my story is something, uh, that he knows and loves and appreciates all the details of, and can use together to make something not only that is like understandable to me, if you will, but pick up a bowl for someone else that they can read it and understand, Oh, I see God all, all over the place in this story, you know? So that's a beautiful word. Thank you, Allison. Allison and her work and the other places to follow her can be found at her website, allisonkdaniels.com. I will link that and other places to follow her on social media in today's show notes. And again, Allison, we cannot thank you enough for your willingness to be here with us, to spend this time with me and to share not only your story, but how God is the master storyteller of your life. And so thank you again very much for being with us today. Thank you, Angie. And friend, thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace. I was profoundly affected by Allison's statement about God being a master storyteller. He is still writing Allison's story. He is still writing my story. And friend, he is still writing your story too. In the masterful way, only God can write it. Psalm 119.68 again says this from the Passion Translation. Everything you do is beautiful, flowing from your goodness. Next week, my guest will be Mary Agabrod. Mary's husband is a missionary in Africa, and she has written a new book to encourage missionaries and ministry leaders and their spouses because she knows all too well how easy it is to feel ill-equipped for the service to which God has called us. I love Mary's heart, and I know that you are going to love her too. If you'd like to support the ministry of Steady On, there are three things you can do and they're all free. First, you can take just a moment to subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever podcast directory you use to listen. Second, you can rate or leave a review on the podcast because that helps other people find us. And lastly, you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter by visiting the website livesteadyon.com and clicking on the orange newsletter button at the top. There's a link for that in today's show notes. I always welcome comments and feedback. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime by emailing steadyonpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. I pray wherever your day takes you, you are walking in the confident knowledge that you are a beloved, cherished child of God. Peace.